Honestly, it's uh, she's she's got to know what she's getting into. She does. She she works in the medical field, so she sees you know see things with brain you know brain injuries and, and head injuries and all that stuff and backs and all that stuff and you know yeah, yeah, happens, yeah but the back is the one thing that got me is um, and that wasn't from football really is from lifting and I had pinched the sciatic nerve or whatever and to this day it still bothers me so yeah I'm sorry to hear that we had some friends same thing. And here I am crying about my lower back tightness, man. That's that's a whole different that's a whole different animal. <laughs> well, luckily it's not bad. It's it's one of those deals that I think comes with old age. Is so you know, every six weeks or so it'll be real bad and get bad in the fix, winter or no? Uh, yeah, yeah. And I've noticed that really it started this year with my knees. If oh, it got yeah. real cold in the house, whoo. I'm right there, right there with you. Yeah. So, what do you do during the summer without baseball? Is it just uh, watching the that's, kids? That's when I'll coach uh, my nine-year-old's team. We have we run like a little little club team, and so we run all the way through you know, like the start of July, and then I have the rest of July, early August, to kind of not coach anything and just enjoy it, travel a little bit. We traveled a little bit. Um, went up to my, my folks live up in Wisconsin. So we just went, went up and saw them and a couple times. And, um, you know, just really haven't been doing much. I mean, like I said, baseball takes up a lot of, a lot of time with practice, yeah. with, with tournaments. And we're, uh, we're converting next year to like a straight club team. Like we played in league this year and I just got tired of Pony Express. It's not worth our time. And, I know a lot of people that, that work there and I don't want to speak ill on them, but it's, it's a shit show. So it's just, it's not, you know, I mean, it's not where it's, I'd rather spend, I'd rather, I'd rather play better competition and spend about the same amount of money. You know, you got to pay a thousand bucks to be in that league. And so there were like four games that were worth our time this year. All the rest was, you know, I could have just set up scrimmages. So, um, yeah, just looking at like just different stuff. I want to go, I want to do the field extremes experience down there uh, or up there in Iowa. Uh, and I want to go south, man. I want to go places I've never been. I'm going to go to Nashville, get in a tournament, pay somebody yeah. at night, go downtown with the, with the woman, you know, and some of the other parents and <laughs> just put on a Texas. I know there's, there's probably amazing teams down there, just different yeah. spots, you know, just start that whole, whole club baseball thing, which I didn't grow up with. I was a legion all the way. They didn't really have a club when I was playing, you know, so. Yeah. Well, my parents just didn't have the money to do it um, because, yeah, you know, crazy. my stepson's 12. And for me, it toes the line a lot. And I argue with his mom about this between, okay, he loves baseball, but at what point is it too much baseball? So, right. you know, he plays from March to – uh, middle to late July. Um, they have a little bit of a break, but like they just started, you know, practice again for fall ball. And it's like, yeah, I just don't know. Uh, and I think you would know better than I as someone who, you know, grew up playing baseball. You know, is there, yeah. there is, much? there's a line of burnout. It's for me, like, I don't know. That's why I'm, you know, uh, my sons, they don't, they don't play fall ball. We just go straight, we cut baseball. 
we still do stuff around the house, but for the most part, we cut baseball off, go full into football. And, and they, you know, instead of us playing catch, we're out there running routes. We're practicing on footwork. I mean, I, it's gotta be, it's, it's gotta be, you gotta have a break, you know, and I've seen mm-hmm. it being at central being the softball coach and seeing girls, you know, have to have to have Tommy John. Cause they didn't take a break. They went straight from school ball right into summer ball. And then, you know what I'm saying? I should say from fall. Yeah. Cause it was in the fall go from spring to summer of playing how many games right on the summer circuit too many. Then you go straight mm-hmm. into fall and then you want to do stuff. I mean, it's just, it's, it was a nonstop thing. No one's body could hold up. So yeah. it's something I've thought about like when, at what point are we going to kind of, because you can't compare yourself. And I, I don't know. I don't mean it in a bad way, but you can't compare yourself to like, I think the teams like the prodigies and all these teams, you know, in the, in the KC organization or in that area, if you're playing 50, 60 games still getting into the high school level, it's like it's too much. It's too much. Right. I mean, even well, that, 13, that, 13, 14 to 15. Yeah. And that was the argument we had the other night after his first practice. She was like, well, you've been proud of the coach. Um, he was on him. He's like, you know, I give him three weeks off and I expect you guys to keep, you know, practicing a little bit at home. And I can tell you didn't. I'm like, no, I'm not proud of him. Like they should have taken three weeks and done nothing or, Right. Something other than baseball. baseball. Right. So, right. And, well, that's, the, you'll, you see the difference in comments of that between coaches that care about the, I mean, they all care. Coaches that really care about the players' development and long term, and coaches that care about what they can do for them and win. You know what I'm saying? What they can do between the lines for them. Because yeah. a coach, I mean, and, and I, you, you know, I've, I've looked back and said, okay, I, I fell into that category a few times in my career when I was, especially when I just got started, I didn't really understand some things that I do now. And it was like the way you can, I mean, you just, you just, when it's all results based, what can you do for me? What can you do for me? And, you know, um, even though you don't mean to, you start falling into that, that dangerous, uh, you know, uh, activity and just, just conversations of, and then your, then your whole mindset changes and everything becomes winning and, and what kids can do for you, even though you'll never say it, that's how it's, it's your actions speak louder than words. And, um, yeah, I don't want to be like the prodigies and play 80, 80 games a summer. Like, I mean, I have, I have a friend, uh, Skylar Weston. He's a, his kid's on our nine-year-old team. He played – he was over – I think he played high school ball up at Savannah football. And his son, Brayson, who's going into high school, he's going to go to mid-buck. He uh, he's told me that they played, like, almost 100 games a summer. And it's just like, I don't want to do that. Like, I just don't – you know, I mean, okay, so we don't play in some, some tournaments or – heck okay we're not quite uh we don't have the reputation or the record or the medals dude i don't care i mean i don't care about that stuff so when it's it's weird coming from a baseball coach too uh you know for me like i love football that was always my main sport though i played you know basketball and baseball for most of my life and now i look at it as like football's dying you know like when we were kids you know saint joe had like four or five different teams now it's down to one yeah um so to hear you as a baseball coach you know it's got to be tough to say well this is too much baseball which could eventually help you down the road right but also you don't want them to get to you know lafayette or whatever it may be and be burnt out exactly that was like that was something you know like when i got done playing college i was you know didn't didn't necessarily have any opportunities knocking at the time i you know i had 
had an invitation to try out in a few things, maybe go independent ball. But I was like, I might, I mean, after playing at Missouri Western, you play 60, 65 games. I was done. Like literally here's my, like, I don't want to play for the Mustangs. I don't want to play. I, I'm done with baseball. I needed to take a break from baseball, you know? Yeah. And it was, uh, it was because at that point, you know, I just, I hadn't played college from Juco through, you know, my senior year, freshman through senior year, you're playing 65 games training all year round. You know, um, I think a combination of just the amount that we played, I don't know. For me, I was just done. I was burnt out. But now, yeah, I can't, my kids can't get enough baseball. I can't get enough baseball. It's, it's, it's in our DNA. It's, it's 100% in our DNA. We, we, my kids get up every morning and they turn on quick pitch. First thing they turn on, they don't turn on cartoons. <laughs> they turn on quick pitch and they, my nine-year-old and my five-year-old, they watch it and they make comments and they, you know, they love it. You know, they know. They know a lot about players, and um, that was the other thing. We went up to um, Wisconsin here recently. I got to see my folks. Kind of like one of those trips, like, hey, my parents, like, hey, come up and see us. We just want – just lay around in the pool. We won't do much, you know, play around to golf. And uh, a, a friend of my brother's teammate, actually, Rowdy Telez, who got traded from the Blue Jays over to the to the Brewers uh, a couple weeks ago, um, I just have his phone number. We've, we've always, you know, we've been kind of close. I, I, I text him. He ended up getting us some tickets to the Brewers game. And um, we went there and like, just, I don't know. I told my wife the other day, I was like, I felt like I was the only dad there that wasn't like, like, I don't know, making comments of the game. I was, I was still trying to teach the game. Like, Hey, look, look what he's doing right here. Look what he's doing with mm -hmm. his pre pre pitch stuff. And then he's hopping and then he's on his toes. And then here they're shifting here. Cause you know, I mean, it's just, it's nonstop, but uh, yeah, no, it's something that I've thought about. Like, what are we going to do when we get 11 and 12 and 13 and 14 in this team with, with these kids, you know, cause I know, I know there's going to be some dads that are going to want to play every weekend and do this and that because, you know, they, they see the Kansas city thing, you know, the Kansas city clubs do it or, or whoever, or they did it. I just don't, I just don't know if we'll get to that point, you know, because again, like, if we're practicing once or twice a week and we're not, we're not going to spend, I have three hour practice. I mean, there's teams here that have three to four hour practices. I mean, at a time. Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I think that's too much. I mean, even when you get to high school, that's, that's borderline. Now we've had, we've had some long practices, but every week, you know, in the off season, I don't know. To me, that's just, you're setting up for burnout, you know? So yeah, well, yeah. it's funny when I was a kid, we didn't have practice. Like basically, once the season started, that was it. Um, but that was pony, and yeah, like I said, yeah, I may have been a better baseball player had I been able to play on you know some of these traveling teams. But yeah, I enjoyed. You know, we played twice a week, played sixteen regular season games, had like two tournaments, and that was it. Um, but that All was right. plenty for me because then you know it moved right into football right? And then football into basketball. And then you get a break, you get to enjoy, right. you know, all sports and I get burnt out on any of them. Now, like in my situation with my son, he doesn't, doesn't like football and he's going to mid Buchanan and he played soccer and enjoyed it, but they don't have soccer for guys. And so I didn't know that. Yeah. So, I mean, they just this year started girls soccer. That's right. Yeah. I think it's just too small of a school to where you could have, you know, a boys soccer team and football team at the same time. Sure. So. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. 
So, but I mean, as long, I guess as long as he enjoys it, because that is my conspiracy. These kids get burnt out, um, and they. She talked about that too, um, because I have two little girls. So, you know, it's hard for me to get the games because if I go and the girl, you know, we have to take the girls. It's I don't get to watch it. I spend most of the time chasing them around. Yeah, um, <laughs> I know. So, but she was like, you know, they just don't seem to care, and I'm like, well, it's because they're preteens. And this is their 30th, 40th game of the year. Like they're probably just tired of it. Yeah. I had a, I had a uh, good friend of mine lives out in Arizona. He called me and he was asking me, he's got a two-year-old boy and he was like, Hey, he was like, how you doing? Whatever. Small talk, catch up. And he was like, what do you, what did you do with your sons when they were two? Like looking for advice on like what I, I I don't know. I don't know. I must've, he must've thought I was running through ladders or uh, but no, I mean, it was, it was, it was just something I just told them. Uh, I just, I, there, there's a certain age where it does have to be, even through high school, it, it's, it's all about fun, a little bit less about fun more. I mean, and then, and then you start to bring in the competitive side and winning, teaching, winning. Yeah. It's just that scale of starts to be about everything about fun and, and learning the game to, you know, it's fun to win. You know, I mean, yeah. it's just two opposite ends of the spectrum that you, that you have to navigate as they grow up through those ages. And um, <laughs> it's just like, I, I mean, I told him I was like, Tiff looked at me weird, but we were doing just like simple stuff, like just like playing wall ball. I don't know. I don't know if you grew up playing wall ball or throwing it against the screen, mm. you know, the catch back or, you know, we used to. Oh, I, I did whatever I could. You know, it was anything. A chain yeah. link fence. I was practicing pitching or yep. you know, with football, I'd lay in bed and just continuously throw the ball in the air and catch it yep, yep. And I, I was one of those kids i was whatever season it was so if it was the winter didn't care if it was cold i'd be outside playing basketball or right. football go to practice i might even come home and play more football with some of the other kids so yeah um and i don't i had this conversation a lot i don't want to sound like the old man yelling with the clouds but i just don't see that as much anymore it's not um, and i don't everyone will agree yeah we're, we're like the generation right before sports specialization really started, you know, like I feel like our generation was kind of the last ones until the Serena, the Williams sisters started playing tennis only at two and that's all they did. And then, yeah, I mean, it's just, maybe it's, it is part of our generation, but towards the back end and um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's stuff that uh, I don't know, wiffle ball to get the whole neighborhood together. I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's, it's different now. And uh and kids are well, kids are more athletic and more gifted than than I think we were our generation or my parents at least I could say you know, um, yeah. and that that's like the ultimate kiss of death too is because I don't I don't think the work ethic is is anywhere near right right is I don't I mean no. kids work really hard I had some I mean I've seen kids work really hard there's kids that worked harder than me now than I did before but it's overall you know well I think we had that talk. Uh after one of your games was, you know, you had certain kids that just, and it's not just, you know, with you, I've seen all over, uh, you know, football, like kids just won't go to summer workouts and they still get to play because the participation is so low that these coaches, you know, have to let these kids play. Yeah. That's a sad thing. And I think what I was going to say about the specialization is I think too many parents believe that, you know, they look at, the Williams sisters or Tiger Woods. And they're like, well, if we start them young and only focus on that, that could be them. When really that's the outlier. Like right. most kids aren't Tiger Woods. 
right. or Peyton Manning or Clayton Kershaw, whatever it may be. You know, those are the elite, the one percent of the one percent. Right. And I think, and if you let them branch out and try different things, you know, like when I got to high school, I played all three sports my freshman year, and then didn't want to anymore. So I focused on one, and that was what I did. And I think kids, you kind of have to let them figure that out instead of. And they that's the issue I have is like my daughter is four now. And I think it's about that age where I want her to try things. It's just like, I don't know what that is. And it's difficult with girls too, because, you know, like for the boy, you'd be like, well, there's baseball or football or whatever it may be. The girls are going to be a little difficult. Yeah. I, I got three boys, Anthony, so I can't really touch on that. Honestly, like I, you know, my wife asks me all the time, like, what if McCoy was our youngest was, was a girl? And I like, I'm, I, I think about it sometimes. I'm like, you know, like whether it's a good or a bad experience, I'll look at, you know, another a little girl with their parents. And I'm just like, wow, just like it, it, I mean, it's just a different, different style of parenting. I think a little bit and just, you have yeah. to have a different personality with it and not a bad or, you know, not a, not a good or a bad thing either way. Just it's different. And, uh, you know, I think I, internally, I always told myself if I had girls, it's going to treat them like boys, you know, they're just going to be rough. There's going to be, you know, like they're just going to like be beaten up on each other. And well, they but, do. I mean, they ultimately, do ultimately it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have went down that way. You know, that was just me, I guess, just in my own defense mechanism. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I was. I don't know what I would do, you know, how I would do it. Well, I think that's, that's the funny thing is people ask me a lot. Well, are you done? I'm like, man, I'd love to have a boy. But I know damn good and well, if I tried again, I'd have a third girl. And so I'm like, eh, I don't want to risk it. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, you know, with 32 now, like starting, you know, because I already have a one and a half year old, like that's already put me at like 50. Have another one and I just keep kicking that can down the road. And it's like, I just don't yep. want to go through it again. Yep. I hear you. No, I hear you. We, uh, have a conversation with the wife all the time. <laughs> I, I love kids. I love them this, you know, my, my son's 15 months and it's been the easiest, most enjoyable 15 months, you know, with mm-hmm. just with kids that out of the three so far. And he's been, he's been amazing. And, uh, but yeah, I, there's just stuff you have to weigh, right. There's stuff, things we have to, yeah. you know, um, and I'm in the same boat. Like I have three boys. doesn't mean I'm going to have a, doesn't mean, you know, God's going to bless me with a girl. I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> the pantry yeah. is, is barren already. What am I going to do with another boy? You know? Um, but it's been good. I mean, my kids, my, my two oldest kids have been so good with handling him. If I need him, need a hand for a minute or whatever. And, um, yeah, no. And I never, I mean, I don't know, growing up, I don't know. I, I maybe we're different than, than women as far as thinking about how many kids we're going to have one day, you know? come from a family with two me and my brother so i'm thinking too you know and yeah. you know, one of the best conversations i'm glad my wife talked me into is having that third one because it's it's been awesome but uh it's it's been such a blessing but yeah it's uh yeah. i don't know about four i don't know about four you know <laughs> that's that's an airplane ride right i mean you got like you got to have a parent in each in each each section if you're going on an airplane or whatever i mean third row do they have fourth row yet i don't know not on the airlines I can afford. <laughs> well, I'm just even like cars. I gotta buy. I gotta get a third row. I'm trying to find a truck here pretty soon or something. 
SUV, something. I have a have an Edge, which is like an in-betweener, you know? Yeah. Well, that's Crammed what we have. There. We have an Equinox. Uh, and a few weeks ago, uh, maybe a month ago now, I'm going to track time, but we went to uh, Yellowstone. And there was no way with three kids we were going to take any of our vehicles where they could ride comfortably for that long. Um, so we rented an Expedition, and that was nice. Yeah. It was really Very nice. nice. Yeah, those things are those things are real big. I don't. It's not quite as big as suburban though, is it? Like a little bit smaller than a suburban expedition. I think it's bigger. Is it? Yeah, I think maybe about the same size. I guess. Nice. But yeah, because you, you know you just throw them in back and. Yep. Don't listen as much. There's still a lot of, uh, a lot of fits. But oh yeah, it was fun. It was fun and. Never been up there. I've always wanted to, though. Oh, it's you guys, beautiful. You guys, can you stay, like, in the park, or do you have to, like, rent a hotel and then drive in every every day, or how does that work? Uh, they have places you can stay in the park. Uh, with all the people getting attacked by bears, I don't know if I would camp in the park. <laughs> but I do That's know correct. that we saw one hotel. But we, we kind of made it a lot. The vacation was more the trip there, so we stopped in, like, Rapid City and stopped in Wyoming and we only nice. spent a couple of days at Yellowstone, which nice. I would tell anyone like you need like three or four days if you want to see everything. But, yeah. Yeah. Basically from eastern or western South Dakota on, it's a beautiful drive. You hit some spots in Montana that get a little like it's cool at first to see kind of the desert looking area, but then after a while it's just Did you, uh, so I'm a little bit confused. Did you grow up in Wisconsin and then move to uh, Chicago? Or? Born in Chicago, born in Chicago, uh, lived there for till I was nine and then moved up to Wisconsin and lived there until I left for college. So I spent half, half my, half my childhood in Chicago, half in about 30 minutes south of Lambeau. So okay. well, I, I got picked on for being a Bears fan. I'm just going to come out and say that publicly right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could be worse. I mean, at least uh, you had the 85 season. Yeah, we had one season, I know, in, our, in the last 70 years. Yeah, but imagine being a Chiefs fan. So I guess at least then you would have seen the Super Bowl. Right. So, my but, dad saw it. Oh, he went to the game? He went down to, yeah, it was in, I think it was in uh, Louisiana, New Orleans. Said so he took the train down there and scalped some tickets and got to watch a game. 85. I mean, a dominant game, but, but yeah, no, I mean, a lot of my friends now that I still have, are in touch with are obviously up from that area and uh, great people, you know, uh, bears have not been good in my lifetime. Let's just call it. We've had like four or five seasons of success, right? I mean, really? So. Yeah. You know, give the Brian Erlacher years. Brian, yeah. Rex yeah. Grossman. Yeah. Sexy Rexy, uh, yeah. I mean, you had, yeah, that Devin Hester, that 06 team or 05 team, and uh, you know, there was just there's just been one or two seasons fit here and there. It hasn't been kind of like you know, and I think that's the deal with if you have a quarterback, you can kind of have this sustained, you know, window rather than just putting a guy in there with a good defense and you kind of have you go by year by year, you know, so. Mm-hmm. No, it's all good. I'm looking. Honestly, I'm looking forward to seeing what Justin Fields looks like eventually at some point this year. 
I'm not necessarily rushing it. I, I think our window's closed, really, for the most part. Um, so, yeah, kind of like my Cubs. I like him a lot, Justin Fields. I think I do too. Yeah. I think when it's said and done, he'll probably be the best of the quarterbacks drafted this year. I don't. Yeah. There's just something about Trevor Lawrence that I don't. I don't see it. I mean, hmm. you can see it, but I, it's hard to go with these guys that are just surrounded by NFL talent. And yeah. I, I don't know. Sure. We'll see. It's. Yeah. I don't. I don't think most NFL people know. That's why they get it wrong so often. So. But how do you? It's, that leads to my next question. You said you were a Cubs fan. How yeah, everything in Chicago? How does anyone uh, in Chicago root for the White Sox? Yeah, well, um, I mean, I get that they've been better historically, at least you know, right? As a recent past, but you know, always the Cubs explain. are the Cubs. Cubs are the lovable losers. It's you, you, you fall in love more with Wrigley than you do how they play sometimes, but uh, in the atmosphere, but. My dad always explained it like north side from north side of Chicago was was Cubs and south side were the White Sox. And, um, you know, like Comiskey Park and, you know, I have memories there going there. Ozzy Guillen flipped me a flipped me a ball in between innings a couple of times. I used to be a huge Frank Thomas fan, like absolute one of my favorite players of all time. Um, and it's it's it is a different atmosphere. You know, it's more of there's a little bit more business, you know, people with customers and and it's got a little bit more business feel than it does at Wrigley where Wrigley's more of just you know in the neighborhood and you got you know friends there and this and that um but uh you know when I was living there at least when I went back for junior college uh in 06 07 and they were really you know that's when they were really really uh playing well I think they had won in 05 um you know I mean it's there's a lot to like when you go there too, because again, I mean, you see, uh, you know, it's, it's the White Sox have been around for a while it's not like they're a new franchise, uh, different environment though. Definitely. Um, you know, I don't, and it's weird because like, you know, you grow up and you'd say, all right, I'm a Cubs fan. So I don't like the Sox, but like my dad, my dad told me, um, he got to play like a high school state championship game on Comiskey park, you know, at Comiskey park. And, and there's not, there wasn't as much, um, I don't know. There wasn't as much hatred towards that because again, you know, it was, I think, I think a lot of people say they're from Chicago. So we, you know, we will root for them. Ah, if, as long as they're not playing the Cubs, I'll root for them. You know, it's kind of that thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Well, it kind of gives you that option. Players play for the White Sox. And I started to kind of only become loyal later in life, you know, later when you get out of your, you know, the teenage years of who the best players are, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I think that that's a cool option. It's like, cause a lot of teams will, or a lot of people will have like, a favorite NL team, a favorite AL team. Mm-hmm. And at least in Chicago, you get that option right there. Sure. Yeah, sure. And uh, when you're born, you're born to, you're, if you're born, if you're born into a Cubs family, you're, you're like the Cubs. I mean, it's just like really, you know, a lot of franchises and a lot of families do. And um, I mean, like I said, now that I've been back, I've seen my brother went through there and played hit home run there. You know, you just, you have memories at, at both parks and uh you know, they they're certainly they're certainly um, have the have the possibility or chance to do something nice this year. Uh, yeah. They're a fun team too. I think they are. They got young uh, talent. Larousse is a bit of a what are they a damper on them. Uh, a little but, bit. I don't. 
I don't know what, I mean, before the retirement hall of fame manager. Now, I don't know. I, I don't know what, I don't know if he's been out of the game so long. He's, he's out of touch a little bit in some aspects, but he's still super old school. And I know that there's a time and a place for that. And we need some of that. We need old school back in our, um, in our society at, at certain points we need, I want some re reinvigoration of some, some old school stuff, but I mean, it's 2021, Tony, you have to, you have to, you can't, it can't be the way you treated players back in the day. Right. You have to change the way it's yeah. just like teaching and coaching at the high school level. Right. I mean, you have, depending on where you are, depending on what state you're in, depending on when you coach and what time, depending on what you have as far as kids, you have to adapt. And I, I, I don't know. I got the feeling like it's going to be short lived with him there. Like I just don't see, you know, obviously he's not going to manage. It's almost 80. I think. Getting up there, it was uh, we so the, the White Sox were playing the Brewers the, the time we went a couple weeks ago, Sunday night baseball, and uh, it took him about five minutes to get out to the mound from uh, from the dugout. I mean, it was quite the stroll. People were just like, "Are you?" I mean, people are just. I, I I'd hate to hear what they really say to Tony, but yelling at, telling him to grab his cane, and you know, still still obviously sharp, great baseball mind, a lot of respect, but. Why? Why come back? Like, I don't know. I don't know. It just it surprised me when I heard it. Obviously, I was a little shocked that he wanted to come out and risk reputation for for what a couple of years of managing a team. I don't know. Yeah, and I can't imagine what that team would be with Fernando Tatis Jr. Right. Yeah. Like just insane. Yeah. Forget who they traded for him. Who did they trade for him for that? Was that James Shields? Was he? Was that part of it? I was no? hoping you would know. You're the baseball guy. <laughs> There's been so many. Now that the trade deadline's passed, oh man, I'm glad. I'm well, glad and then I was, me. I was hearing he may be out for the year, like the shoulder injury. It'd probably be better off. Please? Yeah, because he hurt his shoulder, and he's got that issue where I guess it just. As a Chiefs fan, I remember Jamal Charles had it where it would just like, pop out. He'd run the oh, sidelines, they pop it back in. So I don't know. But yeah, and it, I, it's I've been a rough year. Yeah, I mean, I, you would think they were before all the trades went down and Scherzer and Trey Turner and everybody, everybody else that's good at baseball went to the Dodgers. Um, I was like Padres all the way. Like they just they could just swing it up and down. They had they got Darvis, Nell, Paddock. I mean, they have they have the front end. They had the bullpen, and it's been a really weird, quiet month for them. And now all of a sudden, the Dodgers are right, you know, smack dab in the middle, and everyone's you know, they're the favorite now, and it's. Well, interesting. So the other night I saw the Dodgers were doing the thing with the Astros and throwing trash cans on the field. Mm -hmm. I'm like, your payroll is $70 million or something like that more than the Yankees who have the second highest payroll. So, like, I don't right. – you can call with the Astros did cheating, but I think that kind of thing happens in baseball all the time. It has always happened. The Astros just got caught. Well, Maybe went a the little buzzer far. stuff, yeah, yeah. But it also seems a bit unfair to me that you can have a team with a payroll of two hundred and seventy million, and then have teams with a payroll of seventy. I and they will argue that that oh the payroll tax or whatever once you go over a certain threshold is like their salary cap luxury tax. Yeah. But but I think if it was more, it'd be more enjoyable if it was like football, um, because I think that's kind of how you keep teams 
you know, if you're bad one year, it could be two or three years and you're good again. Or in baseball, you better know what you're doing scouting wise, or, you know, if you're the Royals or Marlins or whoever, or you're never going to catch those other teams that can go out, you know, like the Yankees just throw money at people. They do. Um, but you can't do that if you're certain teams. So, right. I mean, yeah, I, I've I've gone back and forth with people about that the salary cap issue. I think that's what baseball what makes baseball unique because, again, like look at the Brewers. I mean, they're, you know, I, I don't know where they stand, but I know they're in the bottom half, you know, bottom third, I bet, of the league as far as payroll, and uh, small market team, pretty much every team up there. So that I mean, and uh, they're in first place, you know, like they, uh, Rowdy was telling me the other day that the front office bottom tickets to game six so they could watch the, the, the finals. Um, and he had mentioned when they, when he was with Toronto, the Raptors were in the finals that year and the owner of the blue Jays is part owner of the Raptors. And he didn't even offer something like that. He was like, just the small gestures like that. Um, it just makes, you know, makes different organizations that makes different teams unique as far as what they can offer players, the experience for players, the atmosphere. And um, you know, at the end of the day, you could, you could be paid, you know, you could be, the best baseball player on the planet. You could be, you know, an average baseball player. You still have to hit the same ball. You still have to, I mean, you still have to throw it from the same distance. Um, everyone gets, everyone does their own things. They're scouting what they do. But like the, the Astros thing, yeah, sign stealing, total part of the game. The buzzer thing, I thought, yeah, was was just way over the top. I mean, and then and then they kind of suspended the watching live at bats, you know, in the middle of the games. Like I, I think only now you can, you can watch – previous games you watch a whole archive of you come in the game i could sit in the dugout and watch you know all the clips it's already broken up of all your appearances what your stuff is you know that they have all their stuff but um i do think that it keeps the integrity of the game um it keeps more integrity in the game than than if we were going to let technology just fully take over you know i think we saw that with the buzzer and i think you know with obviously with the ipads and all the stuff and um yeah, I think that's the hottest rivalry in baseball, the Astros and the Dodgers as of right now. And um, I don't know if they're going to see each other, though, in the World Series, honestly. I, I mean, they could. They, they could very well. But um, I think it'd be fun. I, I think it's good for baseball to have those rivalries. I, I, I watch too many of the videos of fans getting in fights at Dodger Stadium. I don't know if I'll ever take my kids to Dodger Stadium, honestly. I'll go. I, I probably got to go and see that. But I don't know if I'll bring the kids, honestly. Uh, and that 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 sucks to say, but so are you an old school baseball guy? I don't. I'm somewhere in the middle, I think. But yeah, I mean i I like I like the the NL game versus the AL. I like the pure. Um, I like the pitcher hitting. I like that strategy. I like double double switches. I like. I mean, yeah, I like that. I like yeah. the the natural form of the game. But I also I who doesn't like home runs, obviously, but. Again, I, I'm a high school coach, so small ball, it's not even existent, right? Like at the at the major yeah. league game. I was telling my wife, I'm like, I'm like, these guys are fast and like these pitchers don't even slide step anymore, and there's still no stealing in the game. You know, no one yeah. slide steps. Everybody is, you know, everyone's throwing as hard as they can with all this nasty spin and doing all this and taking extra time. And people still aren't stealing as much as they used to, you know. And um, and then you look back at the Royals, what were they doing? They were stealing. They, were, they, were, they had some timely hits. They were playing some small yeah. ball when they needed to. And I know time and place, postseason, more small ball happens. But I, I I saw that they moved the mound back to 61 feet. 
61 feet, I think. Uh, they piloted it in like a double-A game yesterday. And then they're not going to allow shifts. Like, you got to have two people on each side. Got to have one foot on the dirt. Uh, I mean, just those little things to kind of bring back, you know, kind of bring back the game as as it was, you know. And I don't, I don't necessarily know what the charts look like as far as hits versus now before the shift and this and that. But um, I don't know. Like it just—it's hard for—it's hard for me to watch it and then tell you know my high schoolers to watch it when it's a totally different game. I mean, it's just—it's a totally different game than than what we want them and how we expect them to play and how they have to play to be successful, right? I mean, it's just not—it's not realistic expectations to expect a kid to be able to master launch angle and be able to—you know what I'm saying? And and yeah. I mean, just, I don't know, play an exaggerated shift, you know, whatever. I mean, it's just. Well, and that drove me crazy. And I know you don't want your power hitter laying down bunts, but when the entire infield is on one side and you have that entire space, right. you learn down to put down a bunt. That's a single every time. You're getting on first, more than likely, if you have any sort of speed at all. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I enjoy the small ball aspect. And the random home run, you know, because now right. it's broken record. But they say it's either strikeout or home run anymore. And it is, it is. But yeah, it's you're right. I, it's not as fun. I don't think it's as fun to watch. There's not as much action, right? I mean, I, in my opinion, I don't think there's as much action. You don't have any anything on going on the base pass. There's no surprise of a small ball. There's not a lot of hit and running going on. If you bunt, teams will be okay with it if it happens in a neutral game or you know. <laughs> you're winning by a lot, you're down by a lot, or it's a tight game or it's, po- I mean, it's like this unspoken rule, I think in the major leagues where it's acceptable, but only in certain instances, not just if you want to get on first base to help your team or get on or what, I mean, it's just like the other team has to be okay with the circumstance of you putting down a bunt when they decide to shift, you know? So it, it's, I still enjoy it. I mean, obviously you just, you see things that you don't get to see, right. You know, I mean, everyone throws 95, everyone has disgusting stuff. You know, people, everybody in the lineup can hit a home run far. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's a different time now that we live in, but um, that's why I do like watching. I watch a lot of college baseball, you know, when I get a chance, I go out and watch other high school, other high schoolers play, or if I'm in, you know, we're traveling, go back up to Wisconsin, you know, they don't, they don't get done until, you know, June 6th, 7th, that's when playoffs start. So it's different, you know, they start later. And uh, I do like watching those things. because again, then it reminds me of baseball that we grew up watching and that we, that we still have to play. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's good that I still get to experience that because that's, that's to me what baseball is, right? I mean, it's um, execution of putting a bunt down, right? When everyone knows you're bunting and you got people charging, you have to put it in the right spot, you know, and, or bun a, bun a strike, you got to pull it back and make it, I mean, just, I don't know, just, it's the purest form in my opinion. So, um, but yeah. Do I like seeing Shohei Atani hit 450 foot home runs, you know, or watching the home run derby at Coors Field? Yes, I really do. My kids loved it, you know, and it, it inspires them, but I'm glad that I'm, I'm here sometimes to kind of say, okay, that's great, buddy. But you know, here's, here's how they got here. or Here's what, here's what you have to do now to get to that point eventually, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So, well, and I, I enjoyed the, the fun aspect as well. Uh, the bat flips, the everything else. You know, I, as a Braves fan, loved watching Ronald Acuna. 
mm-hmm. you know, cause he just has fun, uh, you know, same with Tatis yeah. guys like that, you know, yeah. you can, you can have fun. And I don't, I don't really care for the unwritten rules of baseball. Some I kind of agree with, um, but you know, they got to get out of this. And I say this after we talked about enjoying like the older aspects or the, you know, things like that, but it's also fun to see them having fun. You know, if you strike someone out, you want to give them a suck it sign or whatever. Hey, whatever. That's fun. That's fun. And we don't have to hit guys in the head, but you know, if something happens, you want to plunk a guy in the hip. That's fine too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. And then it's like, well, and it's like, right. Like, if you were to do something, let's say eighties, nineties, there was a repercussion. You almost knew, right? Like you knew, like I'm going to get hit. Okay. They still were charging them on then and, and they still will, but like it was, you, you understood what your punishment was. Right. And you took, it, it was kind of like, right. Like, okay. Yeah. I, I, okay. Yeah. Or like you throw at the next guy or you throw at whatever. Um, and there would be kind of an unspoken or like a, a you know, kind of an agreeance. Okay. It's over with. Right. Okay. You did what you did. I did what I did. Let's go our separate ways. Um, but it just gets so overhyped and over publicized in the media, right? Of course, everyone's their head hunting and this and that, and they're trying to end of his end of his career and is it worth it? And but like I back to your point about like the fun part before I go off on a tangent on that, is like <laughs> watching watching someone come in the dugout after a home run and you know, one team, uh, oh who is it? Was it the nationals? Someone, someone will get in a shopping cart, put someone in a shopping cart, throw them down, right? Or, you know, they have a thousand handshakes with each teammate as they come down. I mean, it's just, I think that is good for kids to see and see that, you know, you need to acknowledge those good moments, right? It doesn't need to come from mom and dad. It can come, it needs to come from your team, your teammates, you know, and having those special relationships and handshakes and bonds. And, you know, it doesn't, doesn't mean you're going to be a better person one day, but it helps you enjoy those moments more. And, and, you know, um, and have, have those memories down the road because you had these special connections and you did, you had more fun, um, than others when you were playing and you were playing the same game, you know? So, um, I like that. I like the dugout cam a lot. Plus, especially, you know, I like watching when someone gets mad or someone gets tossed, obviously that's fun. That's entertainment, right? You, um, but, um, you know, I'll just say that like, those are things that sometimes, I have to sit back and say, okay, well, we don't have, you know, we, we don't have dugout cam and stuff like that, but like, you know, you take some time out of practice and have some guys do something fun that just, that can translate into the game or, you know, um, I told them uh, like just different things, like uh, make sure, make sure that we we're doing this on uh, let's say we, let's say we win a game and we're coming out, make sure we're lining up, make sure we're doing some handshakes, make sure, you know, like in and out, make sure you guys have, like, doesn't need to be show up to the park, play catch, show up, play the game, hit, run the bit. I mean, there's just there's so much more room for just just straight, just fun. I mean, I mean like I said, just shenanigans, just what makes the game unique. You can't do in other sports. Um, so it, it's something that helps me kind of say, well, we can't quite do that, but I can implement it, you know, in, in this way. And I know the kids are going to enjoy it and we can kind of have fun with it and roll with it. And it can be part of our culture, you know. Yeah. Or. And you may not agree with this, and this may be going a bit far. You treat it like hockey. You want to hit a guy, that's fine. But if he wants to charge a mound, 
It's you versus him. Right. You're saying, oh, you're saying can't come out of the bullpen of the dugout. You split them. Yeah, it. yeah. It's batter versus yeah. pitcher, and that's it. Yeah. Although I don't know if, you know, that'll go over well with maybe your pitcher, you know. Depends what level. Depends what level. Because if it's college, I got a lot. Of, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, teammates, but a lot of my college pitchers were not great athletes or, or fighters. So, I mean, we had you had to get out there and give them a little bit of help, right? I mean, they just have a, they have a golden arm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's been some good ones though. I'm, not, I'm not messing with you know Hunter, the Hunter Strickland's of the world the Aroldis Chapman's of the world I, right if I'm a batter I'm not I'm, yeah. I'm not uh, I'm gonna take the high road there you know you pick you pick yeah, even if you those donkeys. even if you win that one you have to face him again and face you know 103 miles an hour at you and I don't I don't know if that's worth it no He's, I mean, to, to this day, I think he's the hardest guy to hit in my – I mean, just if just if you got in the box and he was pitching <coughs> – excuse me, I used to ask all my brother's teammates, just like, who's the hardest guy to hit of? Like, who who throws – who's got the nastiest stuff? And they probably are, like, annoyed with it. But, like, I just wanted to know. As a, as a player back in the day, I just wanted to know, like, who's who's the grossest? I could watch it. I could watch it. But when you're in the box, you know, and mm-hmm. Chapman's 6'7", you know, and you're – I mean, how do you have a chance – I mean, he's got, he only has really, he's got, he's just got a fastball slider. You got to, you know, I mean, you got to, it's not like he's got five pitches like a Walker dealer, yeah. like, right. Or like Otani or, or other guys, but Darvish, you got, there's two pitches. He could tell you a fastball's coming. Are you still going to make solid contact with it? I mean, it's just, I didn't like hitting lefties though, either. I was a left-hand hitter. I, I was, you know, I, I could, but took me a while i mean i got plunked you get plunked a few times right early and i think feel like i feel like it's different righty righty because you see so many righties but you just don't see a lot of lefties and then you don't see a lot of lefties that throw hard growing up right you just you see the junk ballers the good the dudes with the you know with the high waters that are goofy who dressed them this morning like and you know and they're just they're playing mind games with you they're digging in their glove even though you know i mean it's just like you don't see a lot of truly polished left-handers for whatever reason. And I, when I played, at least, I know there are now. Um, I don't know. It's just weird, you know. And then you, when you have to face them, there is hesitation. That, that ball, that, when that ball leaves his hand, it, it's at your head, right? Like the release point yeah. is at your head. So, yeah. But don't you don't know. think about it, righty, righty, righty. It's weird. Even well, Mike, if you're playing, a, even if you're playing a video game, you got a lefty up, and you're facing a lefty. Like even then, it's weird. I don't it's know weird. what it is, yeah, but it's, it is. there's something different about it. Yeah. Uh, do you have any good buzz stories? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I got a couple. Um, love Coach Verduzco. I still keep in contact with him today. Very much a presence in my my life, and just with coaching. Uh, tremendous man, a great family. Um, he uh. He was we were, I forget who we were playing. It was actually at Phil Welch after a game. Um, we had just lost a tough game. Team came back and beat us. And he's he's trying to he's trying to give us a little bit of motivation and you know let us know you know just that post game speech right tough loss. Uh, we had, we had a teammate at the time uh, that was that was chewing a Snickers bar probably two inches away from this guy right behind him right just just trying to get a snack in between games. Rappers just just making noise left and right. Well, coach gets about three fourths through the, but and just turns around without saying anything. Grabs the Snickers bar, 
throws it in the bullpen and just says, and says the kid's name. He goes, Hey, go get in the bullpen. And just, I mean, it was just a, it was a boiling point. And, you know, I mean, I think we didn't necessarily laugh in the moment, but I, I cried later. I mean, I was crying laughing later when we, we brought it up and it was just, uh, this is one of those things like we're in the middle of a, just a, we were all serious. We wanted to win. You know, we, it was fresh after a game and it just kind of flipped the mood um, right away. Just grabbed the Snickers bar behind him and just, just threw it. I mean, gave it a good hug. Coach has still got a good arm. And uh, you know, I don't know. It's something we still tease, tease the kid today about. Um, and it was just such a weird sight. It's such a weird story. Uh, it's such a weird, just, just, uh, and like the kid with the, when the kid loses the Snickers bar, he just stands there and just like pure, like shock, like what just happened. Right. You know, he's, he's standing there with his hands, hands up where the Snickers bar just was. And, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I can't imagine what the pressure of, of being a college coach is sometimes. Right. I mean, we're winning's everything and, and, you know, and, 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 uh, it's gotta be, it's gotta be mentally taxing to, to, um, you know, ex- you, you, you need to produce results and, and he has, and I'm super happy for him. And um, I, I wish uh, the, the two years I was here, we would have had a chance to, we would have played a little bit better to get in uh, the playoffs because it wasn't anything that he was doing that wasn't prohibiting us from, from being a good team. Uh, we just didn't execute down the stretch, but um, yeah. Uh, bash the, he bashed the TV entertainment's uh, a little system, a little like uh Oh, pretty much, yeah. A little TV entertainment, a little wood uh, where you put a TV on top of. And yeah. I think we just lost to Central Missouri, obviously a rival, and they're a great program. And just just grabbed a random bat. He was he was heated. We were we were all mad. We were all mad. And he, you know, took a bat and like, hey, the guy can still swing it too because he bashed <laughs> that baby up. Just grabbed a bat and one of my buddies, Nate Jones. Nate's just like Nate's looking at me when he's when he's bashing the when he's bashing the He's like. Like, why do you grab my bat? Like, what's going on? Like, uh, but like I said, I, I think we've all been there where we've had meltdowns, you know, not any, not any better than coach at all in any aspect, but yeah, that was, um, um, yeah, it's a couple of good stories. Uh, a few more that I'll keep in house, but, uh, I remember when I came here to visit, took me to the peep, um, uh, had a nice little breakfast and, uh, drove me over to Phil Welch. I remember asking him like, my coach are those lights inside like you guys you guys put pads up around those lights because at the time the lights are inside the yeah. fence and stuff he's like yeah yeah we got it we got it and, you know and i i'd never been to this part of the country like i said and um he, he he was he was wonderful to me it was a great experience my dad loved it um but it's just it's it is crazy now how it's full circle how my first time in st joe was that you know i i you know worked out or whatever for him at, at phil welch and now i end up i get to coach there and I played there and then I get to coach there and, uh, you know, there's a lot of history there. It's something that I'll, it's a place I'll never forget, obviously. And, uh, it's, uh, I like to hear about now the, the high school kids that complain about how big it was and we used to love hitting there, you know, uh, yeah. we had different bats though. We had, the, we had the BESRs, you know, had a little bit more pop than the BB cores, but, uh, didn't, didn't mind hitting there at all. I loved hitting there actually. I like the, I like the hitter's eye back there. I was a lefty. So that party deck was nice like to like to beat it up a little bit and during bp um but yeah no it's 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 great it's full circle and um you know i don't i don't know how much longer coach is going to do it but i know he's done it he's done a fantastic job at that program for 
for the whole time he's been there, you know, for quite some time. Um, and I, yeah. you know, no, no disrespect to Doug Minnis, first coach there. And you know, I think coach has done, you know, I think coaches, coach Reduzco is probably easily the best coach that's, that's ever been in that program. So uh, kudos to him. And someone's going to, someone's going to inherit an amazing program one day for sure that, that he built. Yeah. Now, do you, have you ever met coach Musser? Uh, coach has been for a long time. I have. Yes. <clears throat> so have. your story, your first one reminded me of my freshman year in high school. And like I said, it was the only year I played baseball in high school. So some of the freshmen had been at the Pony Express tournament, you know, sitting up in the stands and apparently near his wife. During this time, you know, as teenagers do, they may have used some language that she found inappropriate. So we get to practice. Uh, it was one of those deals where it was a little more show than anything. You had the varsity lineup, had all the freshmen sit in the dugout. I wasn't at the tournament. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. And I'm just sitting there. And apparently, I think I had this, like, natural smirk. Like, I swear, in that situation, I wasn't smiling. But apparently, I had some sort of smirk. So he comes up to me, puts the end of the baseball bat on my cap, and he says, if you ever smirk at me like that again, I will knock your effing head off. <laughs> yeah, he was intense. So, so I've heard, you know, he's, yeah. he was intense. He, he was trying to, uh, he was trying to do things, not just for baseball. I do believe he was, you know, he was really doing things to try to better people. Again, yeah. he was, it was a different time then. Right. I mean, it was a different time. You could do different things. And uh, I don't doubt it for a minute. because I know he's a fiery guy, fiery competitor. Uh, I coached mm -hmm. against him. He was, he was Greg Reynolds assistant when I was the head softball coach at central and they were down there at Benton together and, you know, Greg, great coach. Um, and same with Muss, obviously. And it was, it was good to, to go against those guys. You could see how they interacted with their players and how they they had their players respect at all times. Um, and it was honorable to see that it was like high school girls can sometimes be tricky. Right. I mean, sometimes they, that you have to treat them differently than you do high school boys. They're, they're, they're different. And that that's, that was one of the harder things for me to adjust to is how do I get to, how do I get through to high school girls versus high school boys? Can't, can't always just, you know, run up the hill, punishment, punishment, this my way or the highway. There's just different ways you have to do it. And um, so yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. Um, that, that you, that's not the first must story I've, I've ever heard either, you know? So yeah. Um, Oh, well, there's more. There's more. Because even, even when I didn't play baseball and was on JV football, he coached JV football my sophomore year as well. Uh, and there were just times where he would just flip a switch and it would be for no reason at all, or nothing that you could think of. Um, but, you know, other than that, like, I, I liked most. And, you know, like you said, I think he had you know, people's best interest in mind when he was sure. doing things. So, yeah. Well, he didn't want to be on his bad side. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and we're all human too. Like I said, I mean, I, some people forget that we're humans, that we have stresses, we have stuff going on in our lives and we're not exactly going to stand up and shout it from the mountaintops, you know, publicly or, or to our team sometimes. So yeah, no, we, we all have our bad days. Uh, we, we, you know, like I said, um, I, my high school coach was a big stickler on you couldn't chew sunflower seeds at practice. Um, he saw it as a choking hazard. He saw it as something distracting you from listening or paying attention or, or whatever. Um, and, you know, a lot of most people followed along with it. Right. Of course, me being the rule breaker, didn't follow it. I'm playing first base and 
he's hitting us ground balls and um, rough morning. I think it, I think it was the night after after uh, no um, something went on the night before. We had a super early morning practice because he he wanted us to not be messing around late at night, which I got right. We're all you know extremely we'll just call it froggy, right? We're not, we, we weren't at our best shape in the morning. Hit me ground balls, kind of struggling to, to knock a few down. Uh, and then he had someone, his shagger was next to him who we were supposed to throw. Well, there was like four coaches lined up in like a 10 foot area, right? They were tight. And I was, mm -hmm. I was missing a few, right? Missing a few. <laughs> he stops practice and he goes, Jansen, are you serious? You can't throw the ball 10 feet. You, you can't, you can't hit a target 10 feet. Just watch, grabs a ball, throws it at me. Like he goes, look, I didn't even warm up Jansen. And he's just throwing the ball at me. He just totally embarrassing me. And I'm like, okay. I, you know I mean? At the time I was like, the hell with you lemons. Like, don't do that to me. But now I see it. Right. And, and then he goes, are those sunflower seeds in your mouth? Take a, I mean, and then there you go. I'm running around the field again and about choking to death on the sunflower seeds. And um, <laughs> everybody's human. They're all human. You know, and he was, he was a great, he, he still is a great, great man. You know, he won them a state championship there at, at the 6A that I went to high school. Um, very prestigious baseball mind up there. Uh, and they had their bad days too, you know. Um, so, yeah. But and the thing was, you know, it's it's not like it was it was anything that I, I wasn't able to at least see down the road or brush off. I mean, like I said, we're, they're human. I see it now. There's times where I'll, I'll get on to someone. And even though I'm not – I don't have to swear and curse or do this and that or, or – get in their face, you kind of look back and say, well, could I, could I have done that differently? Right. Based on you're always critiquing yourself, right. Whether you're trying to or not, I haven't accomplished anything, you know? So I, I'm, there's no entitlement. I don't feel like I have some sense of entitlement. I'm just trying to get better and better, better myself, better my kids, et cetera, et cetera. So, but yeah. Um, don't we love those coaching stories? One day I'll tell my boys, you know, all, all of them. It'll come out at different points, but I hope they yeah, don't have it. That's going to be tough in the future, won't it? Being a high school coach and then it will be you know, having three kids in sports. It will be. Yeah. Spring's going to be nuts. It's going to be absolutely nuts. But, you know, that's a good part is you just get the, get the other fall, winter to kind of get involved with them and be around them more, you know, mm -hmm. try to get them, you know, they get Maddox. I'm glad Maddox was able to be the bat boy. He's my nine-year-old. He was able to be the bat boy a lot for home games this year. And Maverick wanted to be in there too. He was my five-year-old. No, no, no. Plus Mav was in there uh, that game that we lost against Benton. He actually came in in the seventh inning when we blew that. I think it was like a three or four run lead. So me being mm. this superstitious jerk, I was like, Mav, I'm sorry, man, but. You lost the game for us, Maverick. So it wasn't anything we did. So you can't be in here anymore, buddy. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? Uh, but yeah, no, it's just stuff like that. You can incorporate them that he would come to practice every once in a while, or a couple kids from Lafayette would come and watch him play at down at Hyde, which made his day, you know? So yeah. it's incorporating him, you know, but yeah, there's going to come a time and place when I'm not his coach anymore, you know? So I just want to get him ready as much as I can, not just physically, but just the mental side of, if your dad's not your coach and you're going to have to do this a certain way, or, you know, or you're going to, you know, you're not going to play as much or you'll be on his bad side, or you're just, you're not going to fully buy into him or so. I'm hoping that day doesn't come, but it might. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm bringing this back 
uh, to end this thing. I haven't done it in a while. But I call it my uh, my pick six. And there's okay. going to be six uh, quick questions for you. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind or uh, whatever it may be. So did you know you hold two records at Missouri Western? I did not. Yes. Well, I, you're in the record book. You're not exactly number one. But when yeah. I do my research, you are tied for 15th for walks in the game. Okay. And tied for 19th and grounding into the fewest double plays. Ooh. I wasn't trying to hit on the ground when I got here, man. <laughs> uh. Now, I assume you had some fun in college, uh, especially in St. Joe. Mm -hmm. What was your favorite place to go for a post-beverage drink? Mm. Uh, for a little bit, it was for a little bit it was Wiley's before it became. Now I don't even know what it is now, uh, but I would have to say it was probably um, Kelly's. Was probably I, I feel like we kept Kelly's afloat with all the baseball yeah. players being there and thirsty Thursdays. Yeah, that probably probably be Kelly's. Now, did you have a favorite place to go eat afterwards? Not necessarily. A lot of us, yeah. I mean, if we well, if we went to Kelly's first, then we're probably going to Taco Bell, right, for a late night snack. Mm. Uh, but uh, I would say for the most part, no. I mean, uh, we used to the boys used to cook a lot. We used to go back to Broadmoor and just kind of have just cook dinner and throw some chicken in the oven, you know, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. Um, but a lot of our games were also um, on the, you know, whether they're on the road or whatever, they were Friday, Saturday, Sunday games, right? They're a weekend series. So um, the buffets, right. We get our little couple of, you know, we get our meal money for the, for the week. We'd spend it on the first day, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, I'd probably here locally, um, probably, uh, probably ground and round, but like just around, it would be just whatever was the cheapest. We get the most food, you know, like buffet Ryan's golden corral, something stuff I would never eat today. Right. But, um, you know, that's normally what it was. Uh, well, actually a lot of our team like subway food. We go to subway a lot. That's, that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going with subway. $5 foot long. That's college. That's a college college guy's best friend right there. You know? <laughs> Who's your favorite bear Ooh. of all time? Favorite bear of all time. Um, my dad grew up. I mean, he idolized Walter Payton. We have we have this Walter Payton signed autograph picture, you know, down in the man cave downstairs. And um me personally, I'd probably say I I would probably say. I mean, it, it wasn't Jay Cutler, I can tell you that right now, but it was definitely probably Brian Erlacher, um, my generation, you know, middle linebacker. Um, but then again, I, I also liked I also liked Devin Hester a lot. Just just excitement. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. the year he set the record for all the returns um, at that time, he was the fastest man alive. I thought I, I saw something where Cheetah said that he uh, he wanted to race Devin Hester, and I'm like, yeah, man, Devin Hester's like 40 now, yeah, like, <laughs> and you know what? Probably in his prime, he probably gets Devin, honestly, but, uh, and that's coming from a Bears fan, but no, I would have to say Erlacher and Hester for sure. Um, 
I like Johnny Knox too, but you know, he had a kind of an early, early, I think he, uh, he broke his back in a game against Seattle. Um, what, there's not a lot of receivers that I could say that I liked, but especially for the bears. Um, but yeah, I'll have to say Brian Erlacher and, and, and Hester on that 05, 016 for sure. Chicago, are you a, if you had to choose one, you going with the pizza or the hot dog? Probably pizza. It's got to be thin crust, though. I don't want hand toss. I don't want deep dish. I don't want – I want paper thin. I want paper Ooh. thin with with a, with a some pepperoni cups that are that are kind of like uh, – that are – yeah, got to cut it square. I mean, it's, 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 it's a thin crust, north side thing. I don't want stuffed crust. I don't want hand toss. I don't even eat – the only crust I'm ever eating is stuffed crust. I'm not eating any other hand toss. It could be – it could be from Italy, and I'm not eating it. I, I just don't like hand-tossed crust. It's got to be thin. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm weird. It's got to have pepperonis on it. After that, it don't matter. It's just got to have pepperonis on it. No cheese. Well, now I feel like I've made a mistake having you on here. That's... <laughs> well, so were you the belief then that the deep dish is more of a lasagna? Because I've heard that argument from people. <laughs> I don't know. I've never had that conversation. I mean, it's uh... – you know, like my wife, and my kids have tried it and they like deep dish. I mean, it's, it's an experience, right? I mean, it's something you've never had if you're not, you know, from that area or whatever. Um, to me, it doesn't feel like a pizza. You can't really hold it. You're, it's on a plate and you got to cut it, right? Like you're not mm-hmm. grabbing this thing or folding it up. Um, and I don't know. I want to eat a whole pizza. I don't want to just eat a slice or two. You can't. It's filling. It is good. Don't get me wrong. Giordano's, all the ones you can go on and on. Um, yeah. Nah, man, I'm I'm thin crust through and through, thin crust through. That's why I love Geno's. That's why I love going to Geno's. They remind me of a Chicago style pizzeria. They're super friendly. You know, I always talk to the owners. They're probably tired of me telling them I'm from Chicago. They're like, we don't care. Just keep buying food. <laughs> well, I feel like pizza is like the barbecue argument here. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's good here. I do. I'll give it to you. I, I, I'm not from here. I brag about it all the time. This is the best, best, and best of the world right here, you know? And that's my question to you. Your barbecue stop down in Kansas City or around where are you going? You got, you got your last meal of barbecue. Where are you going to get it? Gates. Gates? Yeah. You can't beat the burn-ins. Ah. Uh, Joe's would be second. I don't understand the love uh, for Q39. I, I've had it once. Wasn't real impressed. Uh, Jack Stack's good. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I'd have to go with Gates. You get the burn-in sandwich, the French fries, and a strawberry soda. <laughs> Only time ever I drink strawberry wow. sodas then. But, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm trying to think. What about uh, you? Do you? I See, I don't I, – I, I prefer Arthur Bryant's over Gates. Uh, and then, <laughs> babe, what was that place from that Skyler? That Skyler got us at one time fairly well known i think it's i think it's a i think it's it's not one of the mainstays it's a hole in the wall i'm all about holes and you know a little hole in the wall restaurants a little um i'll have to get back to you on that one i'm, I'm a little upset that i can't remember because it was legit but North Kansas uh, there's City. one in excelsior springs called wabash and it is really good wabash excelsior is a bit out of the way so yeah i didn't get right. talked about as much but it, yeah it's yeah. really good so Hmm. Okay. All right, my final one. 
And I asked this because I was thinking about it. I was trying to come up with uh, fun questions because I, I enjoy Coach Verduzco. Terrifying man uh, until you talk to him. Yeah. But, yeah, I could see – after some of your stories, I'm like, well, I could see that too. Do you think he is a cat or a dog guy? Um, I, I would say um, – I would say dog guy all the way. Dog guy all the way. Um, I'm now I'm trying to visualize if he had a dog or a cat when I, when we used to go to his house, cause we would go over there for a little <laughs> Christmas exchange or whatever. And I don't remember seeing either one, but, um, he has such a personality that it's almost so strong that I think it's the opposite of what you would think. I can see yeah. him going home and being real friendly with the cat. <laughs> he, I think, yeah, I mean, um, I think like anybody, you just got to keep your, your, your personality adapts over time. I think, uh, you know, I, I think uh, at times he's gotten a bad rap when he shouldn't have, but I, I think that he's, he treats players, he treats players differently as he's gone on in his career or how he goes about his, you know, how his personality is shown through his coaching. And, uh, you know, um, like, like I said, I mean, I, I'm just glad, I'm glad that I still have the relationship that I do with him, but, uh, you know, and I got it. And I used to work with his wife, Tracy at central, um, great family. I don't know. I mean, he, he is someone who's pretty quiet though and, and methodical. So maybe he is more of a cat guy. Yeah. I think I got yeah. it backwards. Man. See, see, yeah. He, he's got a very quiet confidence. He's, he is pretty methodical. He's, he's calculated, very calculated. Yeah. You just seem uh, like sitting in his chair, just like, you know, <laughs> pondering, petting his cat. Uh, well, I was going to make it with the Braves, man. Are they going to make the playoffs? You made some splashes. Know. You made some. I mean, you didn't go you know, out and get shirts or anybody sexy, but you get, we made some splashes. So, Cunha hurt you that much? To be honest, as crazy was before he got hurt, it wasn't helping. Uh, their problem is they can't haven't been able to win close games. Hmm. You know they. A couple of years ago, they did all these things to upgrade their bullpen, and then those pieces just aren't helping. So I don't know if Rodriguez from Pittsburgh will help, uh, but I don't know. Yeah. I do I do kind of like what they're doing with the outfield. There is a part of me that's annoyed with their GM because they just hold on to these prospects forever until they lose value. And as much as, you know, as a baseball fan, you – especially being a Braves fan because they went through those years where they were just really bad. And so you become more of a prospect fan than a fan mm-hmm. of the major league team. Yeah. And so I kind of get it. Like it, it'd be hard to see a guy like Christian Pache or Drew Waters traded or someone like that, but it would be nice. And, but it would have to be for someone that you have team control of. Yeah. So like a Joey Gallo, I wouldn't have hated that trade because you have control of him for the next couple of years. Yeah. But instead, they I mean, they didn't really trade anything. You know, for Solaire. system, though. Like, I don't know if it's the scouts that you have, but you have some of the best scouts in the league because you've always had a good farm system. You always have. Like, think about it. Even back in your heyday with Bobby Cox and Andrew Jones, Chipper. I mean, you guys always had guys just coming. And, and it was normally homegrown guys, a lot of them, you know? Yeah. But that's part of the problem is they haven't been able to develop their pitching. I mean, they had 
Soroka was amazing and yep. tears his Achilles twice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love like Tuki Toussaint. When he is on, I, he's unhittable. Yep. But, you know, he's kind of up and down. He's never been That's able to great. consistently be great. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll see because, you know, Ozzy, he's been great. Acuna's been great. Dansby Swanson's actually starting now to put up some, in my opinion, he's yeah. kind of finally, finally, he's a first overall pick, wasn't he? A couple of years. I mean, whenever he got drafted, I don't remember what yeah. year, but I thought he was first overall. Yeah, that's like, a, it's not popular. Um, but uh, the GM that got fired, uh, Capitella or whatever his name was, he got fired because he had done some things against the rules and his you know, down in the Dominican or something like that. But, man, was he a GM. Like, he would just fleece people. Because, you know, he traded, like, Shelby Miller and got Dansby Swanson and uh, Tukey out of it. Mm. And he would just make these trades where it's like, how the hell is he getting teams to agree to this? Yeah. But it worked. Yeah. It worked. Where's he now? I don't know. Has he got another job somewhere else? he, He got banned from baseball. He did? Yeah, for, for for like you said, going down to the Dominican. To, what was he doing? Was he I doing something remember. else? What was he doing? What the hell was he doing? I think I don't remember exactly the rules he was breaking, but they made it sound like you, you know it was damn near criminal. And I'm like, and when oh, the story came, yeah, out, what did he do? Yeah, he got banned for life. Yeah. Yeah, he got the Pete Rose, but it was yeah, but it was like it was another one of those things, you know, like we were talking about with the Astros, where it's like, like, well, everybody does things like this, but I think he went a bit overboard, and so he got caught. Mm. Now, luckily, it wasn't like Ronald Acuna, you know, that was uh, Hart before him that signed him, but you know they had. A few guys they lost because of it. Now, none of those guys have developed yet. Uh, but there was the there was the one kid they had that was like one of the top prospects in baseball, uh, Myasin or something like that. Um, and that was like their biggest loss. But you know, he was with the Angels, and he's still down in like Double A AA or Triple A. So yeah, got Austin Riley back, didn't you? Or who was yeah. it? You yeah. got um so Riley's actually been pretty good. Plays plays left field. Uh you had him and you traded him. Now you got him back again. Oh, Adam Duvall. Adam Duvall. Yeah. Got a little Adam Duvall yeah. back. Yeah, I was having a good time last night. So I hate the Cardinals. Hate them. Yeah, we can agree on that. And uh I you know, Missouri, you tend to know more Cardinals fans than Royals fans, though that somehow changed over the last you know 10 years but oh i was having a great time you know because last night it was they gave a uh, smiley gave up three three run home run in like the first inning second inning and uh but then the braves came back thanks to uh jorge soler who's just been unstoppable all of a sudden and yeah. then adam duvall and so i i got on twitter and i had some fun with uh my Cardinals friends. So, like, I, I respect the organization, but I hate the city and hate most of the players on the team. So, 
Yeah, I've just been trained to not like them. You know, like I said, they got Lester That's, now. Yeah. He's an old cub, but we're, that, at, that's who we're, 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 we're gonna try to get there. I, I, I just want to see Bush. I wish I'd been able to see you know the old Bush before they built the new one. I guess, but never been to that stadium, so we're trying to get there uh, right, right around when school gets started. Go see Rowdy again, and hopefully just get to experience that. Now, it, I, I miss the days of being able to get on the field and for some batting practice because that's a whole nother experience, especially for your kids. You know, um, you're on the you're on the you're on the dirt, right? You're literally standing where the players do, and you get to watch them and you get to interact with them more. So hopefully next year we get to do a little bit more of that. Baseball kind of opens up with allowing fans back on the field pregame. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, we've never really gone there just to go there. I went, I, I think I saw the last home game. Yeah. I saw the last home game at the Edwards Jones dome. The bears played the, the Rams there. Uh, and Jay mm-hmm. Cutler had a phenomenal day. So you knew it was uh, one of his very few phenomenal days. Um, oh, Jay Keller wasn't that bad. Uh, I mean, it could be – he was better than Mitch. Yeah, maybe, but, I mean, Jay had better – I feel like Jay had better – I don't know. Yeah, it's a fair argument. I've never really thought of that, who was better between Cutler and Trubisky. I don't know. I mean, Jay, Jay came in at – now they're both first-round picks. I don't, Jay couldn't really – well, I guess Jay could run all right. Yeah. I can't really make an argument against it, I guess. I'm not a Mitch hater, though, really. I mean, not too much of it. Um, really? Is it more? It was more directed him? at Nagy than it was than it was Mitch for the most part. But you have to hate that, like, you had that first pick, and it was just who you took. I mean, it was like being a Chiefs yeah. fan in that, like, 84 draft. And basically the same thing. You know, we took the guy from – I can't think of his name – from Penn State – Instead of you know Elway Marino, is it Gerback? No, no, that was that was way before. Although Gerback, that's another frustrating story as Chiefs fans because we had Rich Gannon instead went with oh, that's right. yeah. Uh, yeah, of course it is. Or we, I, yeah, I would. I just wanted Deshaun, and that's what I kept yelling and yelling. And now, yeah, I'm glad we have Fields. Maybe that'll somehow resurrect. <laughs> oh, the missed yeah. thing, but yeah. Well, yeah, had a few more whiskeys when they draft Trubisky that year, but uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, and then you, then he's like, he shows, then he makes the Pro Bowl second year. You're like, okay, well, it's only a second year, right? It's gonna go up from here, and it just never went back to that, and it was just like, yeah. then you're looking for some blame. It wasn't all obviously, it's not Nagy's fault, but well, who was people it? wanted someone? It, people wanted his head to roll, all of his Mitch, Nagy, at Pace. The GM, they oh, wanted pace all of those. Pace is awful. Pace is awful. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still not fully on fire pace. Only because what he's done in like he's got Eddie Jackson in the fourth round, Cone in the fourth round, Bilal Nichols in the. I mean, he's found Adrian Amos, who now is a Packer, but he was good, was with in the fifth round or fourth, and it's he has found a lot of talent, but he has swung completely swung and missed on first, second round picks. Not not necessarily second, but first. His, uh, his I don't entire, know. entire time. Roquan Smith, I, I wanted, and it was it wasn't gonna happen because the Chiefs were like bottom in the first round, but I loved Roquan Smith out of college. He's good. I no, don't know he's, if, yeah, he's one of the rare ones. I mean, Leonard Floyd, that's a bust. Um Travitsky. Um 
I don't know. You know, and Adam Shaheen in the second round that same year, Stravitsky, but then you find Eddie Jackson and Tariq Cohen in the fourth round. I mean, just doesn't make sense. I don't know. This is his first GM job. Should we say that there's a learning curve maybe, but I don't know. Who knows? I was just upset. I, I thought, I thought Rogers was going to leave for good. And now he's back. He's back in training camp and ready, ready to go. And everyone's, there was so much doom and gloom up in Green Bay that I was just loving every minute of it, you know. And yeah, man. Because hey, and then Packer have fans you seen... were ready to jump. They were ready. They were done. They were like, "He's gone." I mean, that, it was at that point. I remember right after we got back from state, we went right up there, and I mean, they were they were like, "We're done. There's no way. Like, we're he's not coming back. The heck with him. The organization screwed him over. It's the organization's fault." Blah blah blah. I mean, dude, it was doom and gloom. I was like, I just popcorn. I was like, yes, yes. All right, we got a chance. Get him as far out of the NFC North as possible. Just go. Go to yeah. Denver. Go no, to New no. Zealand. No, we don't want to go to Denver. Buddy. <laughs> go play in Germany. Like, we're, we're, I'm done, you know? Well, you know, there's also the Minnesota thing. Because Minnesota could be good, except for their quarterback is a jackass. He's bad. Yeah, and then, like, if you're Patrick Mahomes and you're like, I don't want the vaccine, people are going to be like, well, he's Patrick Mahomes, so it's fine. When you're Kirk Cousins, I don't know if you have uh, the ability to be like that. Yeah. You're going to get criticized either way, but, yeah, I mean, it's – I don't know. I, I didn't even read up that much on it, what's going on with – I mean, I know that there's an issue – I, I know that a lot of players aren't wanting to get vaccinated, right? I mean, they feel like they're being forced into it, you know? They kind of are. <laughs> they are. Well, they are. They are being forced into it, you know? But um, I don't know. I mean, there has to be a line in the sand, right? I mean, it's just like when we – it's like when we go back to school, you know, if you're if you're – if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask, or you do if you're in this, this, and then there's all these different parameters, and it's – you're going to have to show a vaccination card when you go and get in an airplane, you know, next time to leave, or you want to do this or that. It's just, I, I, I'm not necessarily either. Like I got vaccinated. Like, do I fully believe in it? No, I'm not like swearing by it. I'm not like telling everybody go out and get vaccinated. You know, I mean like yeah. to each, each their own in that aspect. I mean, the only thing I keep coming back to and my wife keeps bringing it up is this vaccination has not been out very long. We don't know what the long-term side effects are, which I get. You know, I understand. I understand that. It's really the only thing that would make me second-guess it, really, for the most part. But um, who knows what you hear? You yeah. don't know what you don't know what's you don't know what's true and what's just bullshit. What's public buzz? Like you just don't know. You know? Yeah, but and I get that, and I thought of that too. But I'm like, the smartest people in the world worked on it. I'll give it a go. When the elite are taking it, eh, I feel like they got some, you know, if, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But and it, it's really the same thing with COVID, too, because you, know, you don't know the long-term effects of that. And so it's like, yeah. no. and I, I was hoping things would be back to normal this year. I was ready to go to, you know, a concert or mm-hmm. definitely get to some Chiefs games, but it's like, because the scary part for me now is this 
the effect this new strain is having on children. Like the one before it was, you know, I mean, kids got sick, but it wasn't bad, but who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I I mean, I I thought we were all done with it, but I think we're just running it back for another year, aren't we? At least in the fall, winter. I think we're just going to run it back with the same shit and the same worries and, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't mind That's... being off Wednesday though. <laughs> when we did remote, I didn't. But then I would have like my wife was like, "Help me with the kid. Like help, help me. You know, like we'd have to teach my my middle child or help Maddox. You know, my oldest. And it's just like it was a lot. It was a lot. Even though being at your house, it was a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. Like it's fun for a while, and then it's like uh, I don't get these kids away. <laughs> Oh God! Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, man. Hey, I uh, I appreciate you having me on. I gotta I gotta go to uh, football practice uh, here. It's up at over at that north side, right over there by Craig Park or whatever. And I still have someone that hasn't turned in a uniform to me yet. So from the spring.